Hi there, it's Christian and Harvey, aka Shouting is Funny. Before diving into the episode, we wanted to let you know about our Patreon club. Yes, indeedy, over at shoutingisfunny.com, you can sign up to our Patreon and gain access to a variety of goodies. We have a gallery of concept art full of never-before-seen artwork. Downloadable ringtones and wallpapers for your devices. And, starting in March, Inside Wild Hollow, an exclusive behind-the-scenes podcast. Woohoo! it's going to be good. Very exciting. Bi-weekly episodes available only to our patrons. So, starting from as little as £3 a month, you can support us in making even more stuff and enjoy some tasty treats in the process. Very VIP. Anyway, back to Wild Hollow. In a far-off place... An endless forest grows, sprawling, barren, impenetrable. But beyond the tree line, creatures roam free. A land where adventure lurks around every corner. A land where legends are made. A land called Wild Hollow. Chronicles of Wild Hollow, the Borsan Trilogy. Episode 2, Fandango Borsan and the Scourge of Scumwater. Rain danced against the windows of Billy Bob's saloon. It was desert rain, light, warm and aimless. At the end of the bar, a small crowd of regulars huddled around Fandango Borsan. The mouse was wearily holding court, his audience transfixed. Why, and then what happened? Yeah, what did you do next, Fandango? Well, I did what anyone would do. I stuffed a rag in a bourbon bottle and took the whole place down with a Molotov cocktail. Yeah, I saw you show your oh, great story, yeah, Fandango. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Did you take them all out? Sure did. Did you say a zingy one-liner? Of course. Did you eat their barbecued remains? What? No, Eugene, that's disgusting. Billy Bob waited in. Okay, folks, give the guy a break now. He ain't no jukebox. Thanks, Billy Bob. Fandango released a sigh and slumped against the bar. It had nearly been a week since he had gone cold turkey. The synthetic opioid sludge he'd been pumped full of at the Lilypad Lounge was still lingering in his veins. The smell of scorched earth and frog still hung in his nostrils. You're still kicking that sludge stuff? Mm comes in waves. Most of the time it's just this heavy-headed feeling, but there are these moments, flashes. Damn, I need another drink. Coming right up. The kindly anteater poured a whiskey and slid it down the bar into Fandango's open paw. Say, did you have any luck finding that person from Martha's letter? I've asked around. Sounds like they skipped town. No trace? Nothing, but I'm over it. No bounty, no Fandango. The mouse sipped his drink and watched the glistening ice cubes slow dance as he set down the glass. I'm a professional, Billy Bob. Can't be wasting my time if there ain't a payday. A businessman. I like that. The voice caught Fandango off guard. He turned to see a statuesque grey falcon looking back at him. The bird was dressed sharply in a dark suit and crisp pressed shirt cornflower blue. He smelt of saloon cars and mint imperials. Apologies for eavesdropping. 
My name is Merlin, and I'm here as a representative from The Fact. Fandango nodded his head in greeting. The Fact. Fauna against criminality and transgression. He'd heard the name before. A government-sanctioned outfit attempting to clean up Wild Hollow. A political publicity stunt, he thought. A lot of paper pushing and red tape. So what do I owe the pleasure? The agency was very impressed with how you dealt with the frog problem in town. No holds barred. How would you consider working for us? You guys, working with a bounty hunter. Wouldn't I be muddying your clean image? To be frank with you, Mr. Borsan, a bit of muddying is just what we need. Is that so? We are hunting a fugitive, a dangerous and vicious creature. We need your expertise to catch him. I hear you're the best in the business. When the business is good for me. Ah, yes. Payment. A bounty hunter cannot survive on just their charm alone. Merlin whipped out a piece of paper from his jacket pocket and handed it to Fandango. A blank check. Upon recovery of the target, you may write any number you want. We will honor it. The mouse looked at the check in his paws. An open bounty. A prize of his choosing. Tell me about the fugitive. The creature is known as the Annihilator. A horrifying, violent beast covered in spikes as sharp as razors and teeth like a meat grinder. We've already uncovered the bodies torn to shreds in the east. The Annihilator's capture is of utmost importance, Mr. Borsan. Are you in? Sure. I could do with a change of scenery anyhow. Marvelous. I shall inform my superiors right away. Do keep in touch, Mr. Borsan. If you need anything, just send a pigeon our way. Fandango shook hands with the falcon, and the bird turned to leave. Say, where was he last spotted? This annihilator. Scumwater. The motel room was dimly lit. The curtains were drawn across the window, hanging like dusty ghosts. Fandango moved around the room, collecting his supplies for the trip ahead. A coil of rope and hessian sack, a spare pistol, a small pink toothbrush, and a copy of Sun Tzu's The Art of War. Some light reading for the trip. The mouse began packing items into his overcoat. He always travelled light, not because of his tiny stature, but because he was resourceful and didn't like to change his clothes. Suddenly, he felt an icy wave ripple through his body. His vision blurred and the room began to spin. A cacophony of distant sounds flooded his brain as his skin... skin crawled and sweat ran into my eyes. The remnants of the sludge was gripping me like the devil grips a sinner. Snap out of it, damn it. Quit narrating yourself. I stumbled over to the bathroom. I said quit it. Fandango stumbled to the bathroom and ran his head under the tap, the cool water pulling him slowly back to reality. These episodes were becoming a regular inconvenience, not least of all for the narrator. Anyhow, the mouse wiped his brow with a paper towel and finished packing. The floating city of Scumwater was a day's journey out to the east, deep in the marshlands, a haven for lowlifes and miscreants, where the streets were filled with the stench of crime. Fandango smirked to himself. Don't expect too many friendly faces. Pockets full and pistols loaded, he lay back on the bed and waited for the morning to come. Fandango Borsan hopped onto the train from the busy platform. The old steam locomotive was the fastest mode of transport between Dust Town and Scumwater. The mouse found an almost comfortable seat and leant up against the window. 
Billy Bob stood on the platform, hands in the pockets of his denim dungarees. Safe travels, Fandango. Now, I know you can handle yourself, son, but be extra careful in scum water. That place is as crooked as a dog's hind leg. There's a tales of a darkness out in those marshes, far older than this annihilator. Billy, I've roasted a whole army of frogs, saved Christmas from a deranged elf, and drank in your dive for as long as I can remember. I think I'll be fine. Well, we're lucky to have you. Oh, I almost forgot. I bought you a bottle of your favorite, just to keep you company. Billy Bob handed Fandango a shoulder bottle of whiskey through the open window. The golden liquid twinkled in the afternoon sun. Ah, oh, shucks, Billy. You know me too well. Good thing I drink when I'm working, eh? <laughs> if there's anything left, you can buy it back off me when I return. <laughs> Touché, old buddy. So long, son. Fandango sat back in his crusty seat, saluting the old barkeep as the train chugged into life. Fandango began to notice his surroundings change. The desert plains evolved into grassland. The cacti morphed into wild thickets. The mouse was soothed by the continuous rhythmic chug of the train, lulling him to sleep. But just as he drifted off, he was jolted awake by the crackle of the conductor's announcement. Attention all passengers, we're currently approaching Scumwater, our final destination. Due to recent criminal events, we urge all passengers to take the necessary precautions to stay safe whilst in the city borders. And as always, stay away from the open marshes. Ten minutes until terminus. Fandango peered out of the window to see the sun bleeding pink through the clouds as it made its descent behind a cluster of warehouses and watchtowers piercing the thick smoke rising from factories huddled around the city that was slowly enveloping the train. <sighs> Scum water oozed danger like a freshly popped pimple. Machines revolved and clanked as workers scurried about like parasites crawling across a rotting carcass. We're pulling into scum water, all depart. The mouse hopped onto the platform. This place had a pulse, a rhythm. Hammermet, anvil, chimney-sputtered fume, the city breathed. The mouse's nose was filled with an orgy of scents. The stale marsh air was woven with the odour of fish and fetid meat, all tied together with a filthy smoke. Hi, keep moving. We've got a busy schedule, and you standing on this platform is holding us up. Security seems tighter than usual. Sorry, Turkey. Say, where can I find a drink around here? Fandango knew. As soon as you find a drink... You can just as easily find crime, especially in a place like Scumwater. Just go to the market, bloody tourist, and stick to the main road. Back streets are out of bounds until further notice. Thanks, Turkey. Welcome to Scumwater, we hope you have a pleasant stay. But if you lose a limb, you've really only got yourself to the Scumwater residents dispersed as Fandango emerged into the market, looking for a place to start his hunt. Let's make some friends. To his left, a blacksmith's armory emanated heat. Sharp clanks of metal on metal rang through the square. Blacksmith, gonna borrow you for a moment. An armadillo turned from the forge, wearing a thick apron and wielding a red-hot hammer. 
I'm on business hours, so if it ain't business, you're in the wrong place. I'm looking for someone. Information doesn't come cheap. That's a nice piece you got there. A Smith and Wesson, if I'm not mistaken. What, this whole thing? The mouse withdrew the pistol. A devious smile crept upon the blacksmith's face. He snatched the gun with one hand and shoved <coughs> Fandango with the other. He bellowed a laugh, turning back to his forge. <laughs> Stupid mouse. Let this be a lesson to you. In Scumwater, the big take from the small. And you are small. From the floor, Fandango sighed and withdrew his second revolver. Without hesitation, he blasted the armadillo in the leg. The blacksmith collapsed in a pile of screams. And let this be a lesson to you, armadillo. Mice always carry two guns. Didn't they teach you that at blacksmith school? What? No! So, tell me what I want to know. The Annihilator, where is he? Fandango took aim once more. No! Don't shoot me again, please. Talk to Porkins. He's a pickpocket. Operates down at the fighting pits. Knows the underworld really well. He can help you. Fandango took back his first gun and ran off into the city, leaving the blacksmith whimpering in a pool of blood. Welcome to Scumwater, it's clear you're gonna fit right in. Just keep the wits about you, nothing else is gonna save your skin. Outside the gate to the fighting pits, a feline bookie scrambled to take the bets from a crowd of rowdy punters. Unbeknownst to the cat, a slim and manicured trotter lifted a wallet from inside her trouser pocket. The trotter belonged to Porkins, a pig. His rosy cheeks could barely contain the excitement he felt when pickpocketing. He had been enamoured with the practice ever since his father had left him alone in a crowded street at the age of seven. The cheeky pig pocketed the wallet and turned to find the barrel of a gun pointed directly at his forehead. Porkins, Fandango, pleasure to meet you. I'll skip the small talk. Tell me where the Annihilator is or your brains will paint the walls before you can say bacon. Oh no, oh goodness me. I must confess you caught me rather off guard here. That's the point. Where is he? I'm no real criminal, you must understand. I merely skim the cream off the top of the milky belly of the underworld. I don't know anything, but Dora does. Yes, Dora knows everything about this city. I can take you to her, but only if you let me live. Otherwise, I'd be dead. Fine. Just make it quick. Welcome to Scamwater. We do advise you watch your back. Crooks, thieves, and dirty bastards lurking shadows waiting to attack. The little pig led Fandango through the streets to a cosy curiosity shop filled with treasures and trinkets. No sooner had Fandango turned to thank Porkins, the thief had vanished. Mm. Fandango took a deep breath and made his way over to the counter. Strewn across the tabletop were all manner of objects, rust-covered knives, a brass compass, heavy leather-clad books, papers with intelligible scrawlings, and even a skull. Overseeing this bizarre collection was an equally strange-looking creature. Hunched over, shrouded in a dirty grey cloak, a quivering snout emerged from the folds. Dora, I take it. You don't sneak up on a mole. Do you know nothing? Dora reached up, pulling back the hood of her cloak, revealing tiny black eyes. I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were- Blind? Then you're as stupid as you smell, little mouse. 
How do you know I'm a... I can smell everything. You look ridiculous in that coat. In whiskey already. It's not even noon yet. Then how didn't you know I was walking right up to you? I was preoccupied. There's something going on, you see. Lots of whispers in the air today. They're saying the Annihilator's preparing to strike again. Fandango's ears pricked. That's why the back streets are off limits. After the recent murders, the whole city is on the verge of collapse. A body in the streets of Scumwater doesn't usually raise any eyebrows. They weren't just nobodies. They were heads of Scumwater crime families. The city is about to blow. You should get out while you still have your whiskers. Fandango paused. It seemed Merlin hadn't been completely forthcoming with him. Scumwater was on the brink of a vicious gang war, and here he was, poking around at the very centre of it all. I appreciate the warning, but I'm sure I've faced worse odds. Now do you know anything or not? Dora's shriveled snout twitched anxiously. Her beady little eyes squinted in fear. If I was on the run, I'd know where to hide. But it's not safe, by no means. The old mine, the outskirts of town... They used to burrow deep underneath Scumwater, digging for the travels, but they abandoned it years ago. Getting through the marsh was too dangerous. Fandango recalled Billy Bob's warning from earlier. There's a darkness in the marshes. So you've heard. Ain't no place for anyone who wants to live. I'll tell you that. I suppose if you needed somewhere to hide, it would be there. Fandango nodded. This was hardly a solid lead, but right now, it was his best shot. Do you know the way? Go north from here, through Scumwater's red light district. Don't go getting distracted. Follow the outskirts of town and into the marsh. If you see the frost peaks, you've gone too far. Don't get lost out there, Mouse. There's no going back if you I'll be careful. Thanks, Dora. Dora disappeared back under her hood as Fandango set off in the direction of the old mine of Scumwater. Fandango walked for what felt like hours, his little legs wading through the shallows of the marsh. Stinks like a corpse out here. A fresh, sickly odour hit Fandango's nostrils. Protruding from the undergrowth, a large pipe weaved its way from scumwater. Copious amounts of thick brown muck spewed out into the pool he was currently waist-deep in. It's going to take more than a little elbow grease to get these stains out. At that moment, Fandango felt a rumble beneath his feet. Ripples began to dance across the murky water and a guttural growl arose from below. Fandango was sure he saw something vast surface from the depths of the marsh ahead of him, but he blinked and it was gone. The water fell still. The air fell silent. I hate this place. Wasting no time, the mouse doubled his efforts and pushed on through the swamp. Finally, Fandango saw a wooden archway loom out of the mist ahead, set into the rock. A faded red sign hung above it that read, Warning! Very scary! Fandango shuddered involuntarily. 
before bracing himself and pulling a box of matches out of his duster. I've got a bad feeling about this. As he ventured deeper and deeper into the mine, holding a lit match in front of him, Fandango began to lose track of which way was which. Everything looked the same. Yeah. Yet another flame licked at his fingers. He dropped the match, plunging himself into pitch black. But just as he was about to strike another, Fandango froze. Who's there? The chase is on. The mouse closed his eyes and ran. He channeled every ounce of concentration into his large ears, honing in on the sounds ahead. He ducked and weaved, trusting his senses and expertly navigating the sprawling mine shafts. The scurrying had stopped up ahead, replaced by panic breaths. He had his prey cornered. Time's up, Annihilator. Fandango aimed his revolver into the darkness and struck a match against the barrel. The spark spluttered to life, revealing... Stop! Please! A tiny hedgehog cowered against the wall, his spikes quivering, his eyes wide with fear. Fandango frowned at the pitiful sight. Then he shrugged. A bounty's a bounty. He pulled out his trusty hessian sack and bundled the annihilator inside, pulling the drawstring tight. <laughs> Fandango had found a safe spot to camp in the tunnels. The walls were a dark and dusty grey, with lumps in the rock face jutting out like gnarled knuckles. In the centre of the tunnel, he had lit a small campfire. The ceiling above had fallen in years before, leaving an open view of the night sky. The gagged and bound hedgehog sat across from him, making all sorts of commotion. Jiggling, coughing, panting, squealing. Fandango tried to ignore the noises and stoked the fire. He could feel that heavy-headed feeling slowly seeping in again. He rubbed his temples and sat down. Hey, stop that. I'm trying to get some rest. The hedgehog was now hyperventilating and trying to shout through the gag in his mouth. Fandango sighed. If I take the gag off, will you quit freaking out? Fandango pulled the gag from the hedgehog's mouth. The small creature gasped for air. Thank you. Thank you. Fandango stared at the hedgehog's little face. The flames of the campfire reflected in his tiny wet nose. It twitched and sniffled. So, you're the Annihilator, huh? Not quite what I expected. Oh, that awful name. It's a lie. I'm not the Annihilator. I'm just... Neil. Fandango stared at him, perplexed. He frowned. Whatever, Neil. You can't talk your way out of this one. I promise. This bogeyman persona, the Annihilator, it's all made up. Look, I have a job to do, and for that I need some rest. So if you would kindly... I'm innocent, I promise. I stumbled into this by mistake. I, I just found something I shouldn't. Fandango smirked and rolled his eyes. Is this the best you can do? Believe me. The things I've seen. I work in the sorting office. At fact, I found things. I escaped to Scumwater before they realised, but it didn't take them long to come after me. Then, bodies started turning up, and they said I was the killer. They called me the Annihilator. It's just an excuse to have someone like you take me out. No questions asked. Anything to save their reputation. I've been hiding in this cave ever since. That's some story, Hedgehog. This is huge. This goes all the way up. You need to get me to the press. Jesus, I ain't got time for crackpot conspiracy theories. It's true. Yeah, sure, and I'm the Queen of Sheba. Please. I have a contact. An old school friend who works for the Hollow Herald. 
Arthur J. Hoot. I need to see him. Why can't you just send this hack your story? There's no one I can trust. I have to speak to him in person. You can help me deliver the truth to- Alright, that's enough. This is a job. I catch you, I get paid. That's all. They're using you, Merlin, the lot of them. Once you've turned me in, you really think you're going to get your reward? You'll be disposed of just like I will. Quit it! Fandango whipped out his revolver and cracked back the hammer. He eyeballed Neil. Silence settled. I have had a long day. Now I'm going to sleep. If you promise to shut your yapper about this whole thing, I won't gag you again. Deal? The hedgehog nodded meekly. Fandango turned and holstered his gun before laying down on the cool floor of the mine. He closed his eyes and the light of the fire melted to black. Fandango's eyes snapped open. It was dark. The campfire had all but died, the last few embers glowing weakly amidst the black of the cavern. After a few moments, Fandango became aware of what had awoken him. A soft melody floated through the air. To be what you know Is honest and right to be brave and valiant, to be loyal and true. It can all feel too much, and the world can seem cold. But there'll always be peace in the light of the moon. <sighs> Neil finished his song, gazing up at the silver moon casting its gentle glow through the skylight. I didn't have you down as a singer. Oh! Neil leapt into the air in fright. Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to wake you. Honestly, you did me a favour. The mouse shuffled over to join the hedgehog. So what was that? Oh, my mother used to sing it to me sitting in the meadows of Petty Glade to help me be brave, be true, you know. I saw how beautiful the moon looked tonight. I suppose it felt right. Fandango smiled, but the sweet moment was abruptly broken. His stomach churned, a sweat broke out, and he doubled over in pain. What's the matter? The mouse collapsed onto the cold ground, trembling. He tried to speak, but his words were lodged in his throat. I, I, water. No, no, whiskey. Neil waddled over, still bound by ropes. He retrieved the whiskey bottle and held it to Fandango's lips. The mouse drank the nectar and a calm began to settle over him. You're in a bad way, Mr. Mouse. Call me Fandango. And these fevers just take hold sometimes. It's a long story. Thank you. The two of them looked up at the patch of starry sky. Fandango frowned slightly. To be honest and right. To be loyal and true. He turned to Neil. This Arthur J. Hood. You know where he is? What? Oh, yes. He's in Hightower, as far as I know. If you know where he is, what are you still doing here? 
I've got no chance out there by myself. Everyone knows the marshes are a death trap. I can't take you the whole way to Hightower. But if I got you safely through the marshes, would you be all right on your own? Neil's eyes shone. You'd help me. Don't get soft on me, Annihilator. We make tracks at dawn. Fandango rose to his feet, nodded kindly at Neil, and walked back to his makeshift bed. Neil watched him go, then looked up at the moon and smiled. The next morning, a heavy fog gripped the swamp. Fandango had draped his duster over Neil in case they came across any unwelcome eyes. I'm never going to grow accustomed to the life of a hedgehog on the run. There's something slightly unappealing about the prospect of never being able to show your face in public again. You'll find a way. Say, if you grew out your spikes, you'd kind of look like a porcupine. <laughs> Neil and Fandango postulated possible disguises as they traversed the undergrowth of low-hanging willows and tangled roots emerging from the bog. You really think this Arthur Hood guy is going to be able to help you out? At this point, he's my only hope. If I can't stay hidden in scum water, God knows what... Neil's words were cut short by a low rumbling beneath their feet. They froze. That must have been the train, wasn't it? Too short, too sharp. It's something else. The darkness. By instinct, the revolver was drawn from its holster. Fandango crouched low and widened his stance. Just as Neil began to whimper fearfully, a smooth and muscular form emerged from the swamp in front of them. Great snakes. The rumbling had been no factory or machine. Fandango had sensed it was something organic, something dangerous, something unwelcome even in scum water. A colossal, slick, swamp worm snaked its way through the boggy undergrowth towards Fandango and Neil. You're in my domain. Hey now, we're not looking for any trouble. We're just passing through. Looming above the two minuscule figures, the swamp worm tilted its horned head to one side, eyeing up its next potential meal. A price must be paid when trying to slink through my swamp. I am Hemingway, ancient guardian of the swamplands. I think I'll have you, mouse. I'm not very tasty, I swear. I survive on a diet of whiskey and justice. No nutrition, skin and bone. Yes, he's rather filthy. Hmm, so then, if I don't eat him, are you suggesting I eat you? Neil pulled Fandango's overcoat tighter around him, attempting to conceal as many of his spines as possible. Why, yes. I'd be frankly offended if you didn't eat me. I pride myself on a diet of grubs and tree bark. I'm full of minerals. Neil, what the hell are you doing? Trust me, Fandango. Now, excuse me, Mr. Hemingway. I think I'm ready to face my fate. Come on. Eat me! Dinner time for snaking. The swamp worm darted forward with a precise chomp, and in the blink of an eye, Neil was gone. Mm, oh, yes. I always like to swallow my first meal in one gulp. Fills me up. Makes me savor the second one much, much more. The swamp worm's tail whipped round deftly, knocking Fandango's gun from his hand. Its gargantuan fangs dripped with poison. Just as the beast was about to strike, it faltered. It furrowed its brow. It began to shake and cry out. Fire insides. 
I choose. What flavor of animal was your friend? I think I'm having an allergic reaction. Hedgehog. Neil, you quick-witted bastard. I've swallowed a spiky, bloody hedgehog. The swamp worm thrashed and moaned, coughing up blood. Its final moments were spent writhing in the bog. As it finally fell still, Neil the Hedgehog emerged from between the beast's jaws, covered in worm goop. Well, that certainly was a first. Neil, you're a genius. Now let's get you on your way. Fandango and Neil strutted through the swamp, eventually arriving back on dry land. Neil handed him the soggy overcoat. Fandango, I'm truly thankful for everything you've done for me. Keep an eye out on the Hollow Herald. It will be unbelievable. It will change everything, and you will have been part of it. Oh, thanks to you. Yeah. But what about you? What will you do about the agents at Fact? The Annihilator was lost to the Swamp Monster. Saw it with my own eyes. I'm sorry I can't pay you for saving me. Hey, it's alright. Some things are more important than a bounty. Good luck getting to Hightower. The two friends shook hands. Fandango watched Neil disappear into the undergrowth and began the walk back to Scumwater. He arrived at the station platform and sat down on a bench, hastily scrawling a note addressed to Merlin. Attaching it to a carrier pigeon, he launched it into the air. His message soared above through the skies of Wild Hollow as Fandango boarded the train and pulled out his copy of The Art of War. Great results can be achieved with small forces. Couldn't agree more, Sun Tzu. You have been listening to a Shouting is Funny production. The roles of Fandango Borsan and the train announcer were played by Christian Pausland. The roles of Billy Bob, Turkey and Neil were played by Harvey Badger. The roles of narrator and Victor were played by Angus Maxwell. Merlin was played by Aidan Day. Porkins was played by Barney Fletcher. Dora was played by Alice E. Mayer. Hemingway was played by Roddy Lynch. The role of Emperor Palpatine was played by Ian McDermott in the Star Wars films. Wasn't he great? All additional roles were played by members of the company. All music was created in-house by Shouting is Funny. All company members worked in isolation during this project. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel by simply searching Shouting is Funny. Hi there, it's me again, uh, Christian from Shouting is Funny. You've made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed it. Now, if you did enjoy it, 
please do consider leaving us some feedback. If you're on Spotify, you can use the five-star rating system. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review and or a rating. And if you want to go above and beyond to support the Chronicles of Wild Hollow, then please head over and leave us a review on podchaser.com. And while you're at it, why not go and follow Shouting is Funny on Instagram and Twitter as well. All of this will massively help us to get our show out to more listeners and spread the word of Wild Hollow. And again, thanks for listening.